Hey yo, what's up? And welcome back to another PPP podcast. We're your host, Vodka, Yvette, and Megan. Um, and uh, let's get right into it. So today's theme is demographics. And so basically like how people identify within society is accurate, Karen's, Chad's. And then we're going to get more into the BLL movement um, from last week. So basically... Um, I just want to say, quick disclaimer, that all of us here are in support of the BLM movement. We fully support it, and however you want to um, protest that, that's your right, and that's your choice. So let's just get into it. Yeah, so basically, I kind of just want to start with the basics. We have a lot of categories in society. We have a lot of demographics, and some of them include, like, race, gender, sexuality, age, personality. Like, we have ways of categorizing people into their place in society. And so the first question I want to ask is just, like, is this a good thing? And also, like, does it work? I feel like categorization is something that it's something that a lot of people talk about, and it's something that a lot of people uh, need, I think, or or convince themselves that they need because sometimes it's easier to pretend you know someone when you have them in a group yeah take the whole karen thing right it's a hilarious meme it's also a way of of saying that like all these women that are of this age and that have this haircut are automatically like mean to managers and are like mean to their children i'm not saying that karens don't exist because i've certainly met women like that um (laughs) <laughs> no cap i've met i've met old ladies like that but at the same time it's another way of people being like well if she looks like this then her personality must be like this so it's just a way to like assume things well the karen meme is kind of mocking like the socioeconomic class i guess feel the need to go after managers and stuff because they feel like they're so entitled to rich that they deserve more than human rights so i mean although the meme is characterizing a group of people that don't necessarily have to be characterized it's a good way of spreading awareness i guess that these type of people exist and while characterizing them isn't the best way to stop people from feeling entitled or like raising awareness about the socioeconomic class Going back to what you said, Yvette, it's not a good way to accurately portray someone's personality. Oh, if you look like this and you're like rich or whatever, then you're obviously going to be mean to people. Like it wouldn't be a good representation of people's character. So categorizing people is bad, but does being in a category work too? Like for me, I would say like, oh, I'm a underage girl living in the U.S., Like, is that supposed to make you feel good to know that you belong somewhere? You have a group of people that are like you. Well, you do understand that categories are the basis of our civilization. Without being able to identify yourself like, oh, I'm an underage female living in the U.S., without being able to identify yourself, our entire basis of rules and functionality probably wouldn't exist because we need to be able to know where we belong in society. Even though with those categories, it would be sometimes inaccurate? Yeah, I think so. I think with um, with categories, one has to remember that they're necessary. We need certain groups. If someone were to say, oh, a 20-something-year-old white male just murdered a bunch of people, which means that all white males will murder people. That's an example of an extreme categorization that yeah. should not exist, right? I, I think those kinds of um, stereotypes and ignorant biases should not exist, right? But 
to say that, oh, like most teens between the ages of 13 to 18 have a form of social media. Like that's a categorization that's accurate and also necessary because the social media platforms can know who to market towards and can, I don't know, get money. So some categories help out. I think at the end of the day, it's just important to know that like they're categories, they're just data, basically. And it's really bad to focus too much on them and also to, like, assume things about them, too. Like, um, if we say, oh, a black guy just robbed a store, we can't say that all black guys are robbing a store. Or all black guys are more likely than white guys or Asian guys to rob a store. It's just data. It's a statistic. If we start assuming things, that just leads to bias and racism and not good things. In areas, in regions of the U.S. where certain traffic laws exist and they're poor communities, there are more people likely to be arrested for misdemeanors. And while that's based kind of on the rules, it's caused this sort of bias towards poor communities. And in a 2018 study, there was like a statistic, black males are 1.7 times more likely to be arrested for a misdemeanor than a white male. And I think instead of using that statistic to say like, oh, all black people are bad, like you shouldn't say that. Instead, it should be a reflection of the bias that is like in the system. Right. Right. I agree. Which brings me to the subject of defunding the police. This is a conversation topic that's been really spiraling out in the media. And I've been following the news and a lot of certain um, media outlets don't cover the argument that people are having that defunding the police is um, a prominent option in the Black Lives Matter movement. But I think it's something that we should discuss. Basically, when people say that they want to defund the police, it's a heavy topic, but it's something that we should consider because think about suburbs, right? Suburbs are areas where they have defunded the police because they use those funds to fund, one would argue, more important fields, right? And then people learn to not do like bad things. And so in the end, they end up defunding the police. Um, and then police aren't as needed as in poor communities. So I think if we defund the police and start funding more prominent fields like education, we will commit to a society in which the police isn't needed because people aren't resorting to acts of violence or like bad stuff. <laughs> well, I have problems with your logic here. Firstly, like just because you're educated that killing someone is wrong doesn't mean that you won't go and kill someone. I feel like education alone, even good, like beautiful education, isn't enough to stop people from doing bad things. So without a police system, there'd be no way to enforce the crime. Like, I'm not saying that the police system is good or that right now it's working because it's it's not working well. We need to definitely change up our system. But I don't think that it's necessary to completely defund the system and just not have any sort of law enforcement. Well, when people say defund the police, they don't mean to stop enforcing the law, but they really mean to defund this system in which people get low education and then are handed a gun and a badge and tell them to go off. Like, we need to, one, defund this corrupt system and then create a new system in which funding the police equals greater good and not more evil. And and I think that education allows for a variety of opportunities, not just being taught that, oh, killing is wrong. Of course, they're, they're teaching that killing is wrong, but also consider like sports administrations and the outlets that are being taught to students. Like 
some kids have like aggression that could be harnessed into something beautiful like in the arts or into sports and education is the way to teach students that there's a better way than to act out and to be violent and to commit crimes well i mean like just because you're well educated doesn't mean that you're already like starting off in life with a good position like Let's say you're like in high school and your family is poor. Instead of going for a route that would give you like more options for success in life. Like, let's say you want to intern at a company or something, but you can't because your family is poor and you need to look out for your family. Like, just because you're well educated doesn't mean you're going to have a good life. And although I get what you're saying, we need certain outlets to help kids with aggression. Like, even if we have those outlets and good education doesn't necessarily mean that like crime will stop or that the system will inherently get better. Right, I agree. But I think that it wouldn't hurt. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't hurt to change our stance on education. So in a study the media did um, a while back, like five years ago, it was said that teachers get paid like one third the amount that famous baseball player gets paid. And that's insane. Teachers are the ones teaching these famous baseball players before they even find that baseball is their passion. Why should we just do teachers dirty like that? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying at this point. I'm just kind of going off. I get it. I definitely get it. The way we handle our education system is also like awful just because especially public education, it's not being funded enough. Uh, teachers aren't being paid enough. There's a whole bunch of issues with that. But we don't have to take money from another sector that's also struggling, aka the police sector, because the police are also pretty defunded. Like there's this whole recruitment crisis around being a police officer because of the fact that they're paid very little and they're risking their lives. They also have to do overtime and stuff. I think the main issue in both those sectors is that they're not getting enough budget from the federal government. Wait, but you're failing to consider that um, in 2018, the New York Times did a study where they found that the LE police force is like the most funded out of all the education, like global affairs, like all of that. LA police was like the most funded out of all of that. And now the um, governor of LA, I believe, wants to increase the LA police's budget by like a lot. Like they're already the most funded and now you want to increase their budget. It's just the LAPD, though. Like, have you seen how much the U.S. has spent on military? A lot. It's insane. Why are we spending so much on military when we could be spending on others? Like, obviously, I'm not trying to say that the police system is being funded the same as the education system. I think the police system is being funded more than the education system, as what you said, Worka. But still, I think both need to be funded more. You mean the military should be funded more? Oh, no, the police and education system should be funded more. And then yeah. we can just take the money from the military. Because why? <laughs> I went to this Bernie Sanders rally back when he was campaigning. And he was talking about how Trump spent like $15 million on like an offshore rig in the military to, I don't know, like stake out China or something. And that's like the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, he really wants to spend $15 million on huge military whatever to just kind of like spy on China. Like, that's kind of dumb. Okay, so like before spending a lot of money on the military and focusing on foreign affairs, I think we should focus on how we're doing as a country and like what Yvette was saying, how both the police and the education system are not funded enough. I feel like we should work on ourselves as a country before we start worrying about the countries around us and the current political climate of global affairs. Yeah. I didn't really look up and study the military, but I really have no idea why the U.S. is spending so much on military. I think most of it is unnecessary, but it's just there. It's wasting money. (laughs) Right. I think that with the current election coming out, 2021, I believe, 
I'm very afraid <laughs> for our country at this moment, like politically especially. I think that whoever wins needs to make some changes. I'm not really following a lot of the politics because I, I guess I don't feel like following politics at this point because I don't, I don't really understand the current situation of what's going on or the political climate, right? But I do understand that our country is kind of in a crisis. We're facing a lot of issues that I feel like would be resolved if we, I wouldn't say fix the system, but at least made some changes to the American lifestyle that would make it easier for our country to function as a group instead of focusing on a lot of minor details like the military. While that's good for protecting the country, we shouldn't have to spend so much money on it that education and police system and very important things should be neglected. Yeah, definitely. Why focus on trying to defend your nation when your nation is sort of rotting from the inside out? Well, okay, moving away from politics, I kind of want to address the category thing that we were talking about earlier. Like, now we know in 2020 that a lot of things are spectrum, right? Like gender is a spectrum, sexuality is a spectrum, age is technically a spectrum. There's no like set age group or generation, right? So like, do spectrums kind of complicate the way we can look at society? Like now, for example, with the gender thing, instead of saying, oh, you're male or oh, you're female, it's sort of more complicated than that because you can be a bunch of other things if you identify as such. If it turns out that other things are sort of more of a spectrum. Would it, categories even like be a thing now? Well, society was based off of like the rules of like-minded people and civilized people. They were like, they set up rules and different ways to interact with each other without having to complicate the lives of other people. And so seeing certain things as a spectrum, like gender or age, that might, I wouldn't say complicate things, but it helps people understand each other even though like some things are spectrum that doesn't mean that it's going to be harder to classify people but it's going to make it easier to understand people because like if you had two set categories one is like you're an extrovert and one is you're an introvert it'd be hard to classify people right so in society i feel like if we had a spectrum of multitude of things then i guess it would be easier to understand people as a whole but it would be harder to categorize them and harder to put them into little boxes and simplify them down into their basic parts why should we continue to categorize people by their basic parts? What good does that do? Marketing, for one. Simplifying millions of people, hundreds of millions of people, like in the U.S., into like small chunks really helps people who are either in power or are trying to target a large demographic. So with like spectrums complicating everything, I kind of want to go back to the category thing and just talk about like why we have discrimination against categories like sort of racism sexism homophobia stuff like that like what makes someone hate and fear someone else just based on what kind of category they're in i think it's just a matter of nature versus nurture like when you're an infant you don't have prejudices and that's because you aren't exposed to anything that can make you have prejudices yet mm -hmm. and then you grow up and as you grow up it's nature versus nurture like if you are around people that introduce you to the concept that, you know, racism is bad, like you're not going to have those prejudices, as opposed to if you grow up in a society or in a place where people around you and experiences that you have tell you that black people are evil or something, then you're going to have that prejudice and that's going to influence you until you're older. So like, let's say that I was racist every single time I grew up right? Like I was racist. Oh, my family was racist, blah, 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 blah. 
And then now, like with the Black Lives Matter movement, like people are telling me that racism is bad and stuff. Why do people still resist that and still are racist when they like know and learn that like racism is bad? Well, just being part of a community kind of helps you grow up like when we're born most of us have a community that we can rely on where we can identify as individuals but we still have common traits right why do we discriminate against other people based on the category they're in well if they're different from you then that might cause some kind of prejudice or bias against them and like even when people know it's bad they can't really change it because they've grown up thinking like oh this certain category is bad like it's not okay They've grown up learning that. And while you can't unlearn certain prejudices and biases, it still takes a while to understand that what you're doing is wrong. Right. And I think, as I said, again, it has a lot to do with how you manifest yourself as a child. Because you aren't just born with the tendency to do evil. You're exposed to it and you're taught certain things. And those things cause you to act with malintent. And I think that when you're around people that are also doing said stuff, you you want to fit into that category. You want to feel like you belong into that category. So you you manifest yourself into a person that acts with malintent. Okay, so this might be kind of controversial, but I think racism and homophobia have sort of like different twists to them. Like for racism, there is no argument that like racists use to explain why they're racist. I think it's just like a cultural thing. Like they grew up believing that some races are inferior and then manifest in them as malintent. But then on the homophobia side, a lot of a lot of conservative like Christians, they're not accepting of homosexuals because according to them, it's like against the Bible or against religion or something. So like for them, I wouldn't say valid, but they have reasoning for why they act a certain way. Obviously, homophobia is bad, but like, does it make them a bit above racism in a sense? No, absolutely not. And I'm kind of like offended that you would say that. As someone that grew up in a family that was very conservative Christian, people weren't as accepting of other cultures as they should be. And I think people use the Bible in like very literal like terms. But at the same time, if if you were to read the Bible, you would realize that a lot of the messages are that you should accept everybody for who they are. And it's so, <laughs> sorry, I'm, get- I'm kind of getting like a little bit heated because you claiming that homophobia is like slightly better than being racist. Like that's completely insane. Like who would, <laughs> being racist is saying that you can't accept certain people for their skin color. And being homophobic is saying that you can't accept people for wanting to love who they want to love. It's the same concept. It just manifests itself in different ways. And when conservative Christians or any religion use their biased and ignorant beliefs and justify it with, well, the Bible said, that's just justifying your bad actions. And it's not a valid reason. It's just using a book, granted a very religious, very like important religious book, but it's just using, you know, words of others to justify why they should feel this way. You can't just claim that since people have a reason, that makes it okay. Like, I can have a reason. Like, I could kill somebody and be like, oh, well, they stepped on my shoes. That doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't, oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting so mad and just yelling. Um, So basically, the Bible excuse is, like, bullshit. It's not bullshit, but if you were to actually read the Bible, like, 
you would understand that it's, it's telling people that they should accept themselves for who they are and other people should accept them for who they are. And to say that, oh, like this one part of the Bible, it said that you shouldn't love another guy. That means homophobia is bad. But if you were to read the rest of the Bible, it says that you should be accepting and you should love thy neighbor and like love people who, who they want to love. And so the Bible excuse is not only bullshit, but it's inaccurate. Yeah, it's not valid, basically. I feel like even with like allies that support the LGBTQ community, like their logic is also flawed for why they support. A lot of them say like, oh, they're just born this way. They can't help it. Like, that's such an invalid argument for why you should support someone. That's like pitying someone and becoming friends with them because you think, oh, they're poor, maybe I should help them out. That's not how it works. I think we should just support the community because that's the right thing to do. And like going back to what Voika was saying, you shouldn't use the Bible like discriminating against another group because that's not really the message of it. I'm confused on what you're saying. Are you saying that people aren't born with homosexuality? There was a study that someone did a while back and it was like they followed the lives of different women and their sexuality wasn't the same throughout that entire period and given these are women who were like in their 20s or 30s they haven't had like wisdom and a ton of experience but their sexuality was pretty fluid and trying to support the community saying like they can't help it that's just how they are that's a really bad argument because it's like taking pity on people because you just assume like oh they were born that way that not really good argument Right. But if you say that someone is born that way, it's not automatically like a pitying remark. It's like, oh, Megan, you're born Asian. That doesn't change anything about you. Yeah, you're born Asian. That doesn't change you in any way. And me saying that doesn't change you in any way. Like, I'm still going to be friends with you no matter what. Just because you were born Asian doesn't change anything about our relationship. If I say, oh, that guy, he's born gay. That doesn't change the fact that like me and him are like going to be friends or whatever. It's not pity. It's just like, Oh, yeah, he's born gay, like... Um, I think what Megan was trying to say is just that, like, some allies support the gay community just because they feel like it's not the gay community's fault that they're gay, something like that. Certain allies are still, in a sense, homophobic, but, like, they're not blaming the people for being homosexual. Like, I think the only reason you should have for supporting gay people should be, like, they're human beings, and they have a yeah. right to love whoever they love, and there shouldn't be any other reason, like, oh, it's because they're born that way. Oh, they can't help it. Oh, I have to support them because they can't support themselves, right? Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. I see what you mean now. I thought you meant, like, like you can't support people because they're born that way. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain, but I misinterpreted what you said. Okay, no. we're good. <laughs> so, like, in the similar vein, racism and sexism, from an objective point of view, it's, like, completely bullshit. It makes no sense. Right? I wouldn't say everyone is the same, but I would say everyone is a human being. If you're a woman or if you're black or if you're Asian or something, like you're still human. I don't think you should really be given fewer rights because of the way you look or the way you are born. Right, but not a lot of people understand that, and that's kind of the basis for all these issues. Yeah. For instance, culturally, women are associated with kitchen, cooking, cleaning, and not necessarily, like, making them big gains. That's because culturally, that's how it's always been, especially in America. I think in some cultures, the women are treated as, like, more important than the men. That's also something that's, like, kind of sus because, like, people should be treated equally regardless. And I had this long argument with this friend this one time, and she was saying, um, that feminism is like bad and toxic and I was like oh why is feminism toxic and she was like oh because the point of feminism is that women want to be better than men 
And that's not the point of feminism. And I think a lot of people misinterpret that. The point of feminism is that we want to be equal to men, right? We want to have the same pay, the same opportunities, the same growth and education and all of that. And in some poorer uh, countries, the women have to stay behind while the men get free education because the women have to cook and clean and do all this stuff for the men. And it's still going on. And it, it appalls me. It's outrageous to me that that can exist. We've come a long way from when women in the 50s had to cook and clean and raise the kids while the men went out and got the money, right? I think we've come a long way, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah, um, I know, Megan, you, like, researched this about, like, Asian stereotypes in America. I think it's really strange how in Asian countries, women are definitely treated worse than men just because, like, I know in Asian culture, like, the men passes down their last name and stuff, and, like, women are just given off with dowries. But then in the Asian stereotype, it's kind of flipped, right? Like the Asian woman stereotype is that they're strong, like tiger mom. And then the Asian dad is like more effeminate and stuff. I feel like it just kind of ties into, well, so like this kind of ties into the perfect Asian family in America. And so like while Asians have like assimilated into American society, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're seen as equal. While Asian women make 87 cents for every dollar that a white man makes, like, that doesn't mean that they're better in any way than, like, white women. Because white women make 82 cents, right? Asian men make 17% more than white men do on average. Going back to the Asian stereotype of, like, the effeminate male and, like, the tiger mom, Asian males aren't really seen as the typical American male. The typical one is, like, buff, really tall, kind of, like, masculine, right? Whereas Asian males are, society doesn't see them as having that physicality. Like, a lot of Asians are short, like, I'm short. They don't fit into the stereotype being masculine and aggressive. So with all, like, the racism and homophobia being exposed today, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, I really am sort of proud of our generation, Generation Z, because, like, I've seen a lot of memes on Instagram, a lot of posts saying that, like, how Generation Z is sort of pushing for all of this. And, yeah, I've had a lot of friends on Instagram be very vocal about these issues. And I'm kind of really proud of our generation for not being afraid to, like, call out other generations. So, like, honestly, Gen Z... We'll drink an iced latte, go to a protest, grab a tear gas, like, right when the cops throw it, throw it back at them, but be afraid to, like, schedule their own doctor's appointment. That's true. <laughs> for, real, like, for real, like, I've seen it, no cap. I feel like the glorifying of our generation is kind of weird and arrogant. I mean, that's not a personal attack or anything. But I feel like we're just a generation and we're still, I mean, I wouldn't say just as flawed as the other generations, but we're still flawed in our own way. Like we've created the Karen memes and the Chad memes and we're kind of disrespectful towards people that are different from us, that hold different views. And while that hate might be justified because the other person might be a racist person or they might be homophobic or something like that, that doesn't mean that we should disrespect them and hurt them and call them mean names we sound glorified yeah isn't this whole conversation about our generation like hypocritical because this entire podcast we've been saying that categorization is bad but now we're doing it well i mean we didn't say categorization was bad we just said it's bad if we use it incorrectly and yeah i guess in a sense we are hypocritical but so is everyone else so don't go pointing fingers at us hypocrites yeah i think what megan said is absolutely true i was just gonna say that too like the thing is i think generation z already has a stereotype for how they behave even politically like i know a lot of generation z's are liberals 
like they are more left leaning. And、um, people who are Generation Z and more conservative and more right leaning will probably not have a voice and will be sort of, in a sense, discriminated against by all the other like people who are liberal. Like I have several、um, conservative friends, and they feel like they don't really relate to our generation because our generation is very, very, very left wing, especially in our political opinions and stuff. And like,、um, I feel like Generation Z also, as Megan says, discriminates against other generations. We have Karens, we have Chads, we have Boomers, and、um, while I do laugh at the memes about them, and I do sort of feel like they are justified. Is it bad to categorize people again and like make assumptions about their personalities? I mean, like the whole boomer thing. I feel like it was funny at first, but then it became out of control because now us Gen Zers we have no regard for the rules that like have existed for so long. And while some of them are discriminatory and don't really help anybody, we should still understand that those rules are meant. To help people and ensure the safety of the country, and I'm not saying boomers are the best or like they're super cool. And while a lot of them just suck and they have, I wouldn't say unjustified hate, but、uh-huh. they have a lot of hate towards minorities and other people. Although they're not the best, I feel like we shouldn't have to discriminate against them and like call them names and silence their voice because they've gone through stuff. They've had to go through their own like struggles and stuff. And by saying like "okay, boomer" and completely denying the fact that they've actually done stuff for this country and they've had to go through stuff, I feel like that just isn't fair. Is it as bad as the N word? No. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of posts. They're pretty old, but there are a lot of posts circling around that, like calling someone a Karen or a Chad or a Boomer is like the same as calling someone an N word because they're both categorizing and they're both derogatory. Yeah, but they have different. I think they have different associations. I mean, they might both be derogatory, but calling someone a N word is like years worth of of racial profiling. Calling someone a Karen, it's like a funny meme. Like it's not years of racial profiling. It's just saying like, oh, they have the haircuts and the they hate on managers. Like, haha! Like it's hella funny, you know.、Mm-hmm. It's not the same as calling someone an N word despite years of of oppression and. Unjust hate toward Black people, like calling someone a Karen, I don't think is the same. Well, Karen, Chad, and Boomer—they're all the same in the sense that they're kind of mocking the system that we've had to grow up in. Karens—they're like rich and entitled, and they like hating on managers. That's kind of like their brand, right? And Chads are like gamers. Who don't really have a life, and they're kind of—I mean—also entitled. And all three of these groups and categorizations—they're just meant to show that, like, we're kind of growing up in a society that's messed up. I mean, it's definitely not the same as the N word because the N word is like going back to what Voika said—it represents years of just racial discrimination and oppression. Whereas Karens, Chads, and Boomers—it's kind of just like it's a way of showing that the system. In America's messed up. Exactly. Well, I was gonna say that I personally am feeling that we, as a generation, are inheriting a world that's like really broken. We have a lot of racism and homophobia to deal with. We still have climate change coming up that we can't stop. 
we have um, bigots in our government and our government system is completely flawed, especially in America. We have all these economic issues with the coronavirus and stuff that we're going to have to deal with. The consequences will be huge even after we graduate high school, graduate college and stuff like that. These words, these Karens, these trads, these um, boomers, as Megan said, they're just ways to sort of vent our frustrations at these generations that have in a sense, they failed us. They haven't created a better world. They've actually ruined it for us. Um, right, yeah. So this is our podcast. Thank you for coming. This is episode three. And we just want to add that um, though we do our research, our opinions are slightly informed, but you shouldn't take everything we say as fact. Just a disclaimer because I'm self-conscious and don't want to put stuff in the world that's not supported by fact. So <laughs> thank you for coming to our podcast. Thank you for listening. Yep. Be sure to follow our Insta at the underscore PPP podcast. And that's the tea.